0: Anna Tonk, welcome to "How to Be Human," a podcast that explores the common and often confusing themes of humanness. Hello, it's Anna. In case you were unclear. I have quite a treat for a guest today I mean, I feel really lucky that, I don't know, I feel like every guest I've had has been really incredible And I super appreciate all of them But I'll be honest, today feels like a real banger just because... I have author Catherine May. Catherine has written Wintering, the Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times, and the Electricity of Every Living Thing. And we are talking about today her latest and greatest book, Enchantment, Awakening Wonder in an Anxious Age. And she also has a podcast, How We Live Now. And she's just... Super cool. Again, I feel like these are the things I say all the time about everyone. And maybe they're points of continuity for me to look at, of what I'm interested in. But I really appreciate a lot of what Catherine had to say in her book. I think what is the really beautiful thing is she's not offering us, you know, really clear defined answers. And a quote I really enjoyed was we are not offered any definite conclusions, only the continuing quests. Certainties harden us and eventually we come to defend them as if the world can't contain a multiplicity of views. We are better off staying soft. And I'm really coming around to that as well. I think that the more rigid we make ourselves, the more we miss and the harder we make things be. So, I definitely enjoyed getting to read Enchantment and hear, you know, some of Catherine's thoughts, and then super appreciated that she let me interview her for episode 68 Enchantment with Catherine May. I'm thrilled you are here with me today, Catherine, so we can talk about your new book, Enchantment, Awakening Wonder in an Anxious Age. And I'm just going to get into it where <laughs> I felt so validated, like, I guess, pre-pandemic, about 2019, and I'm I think you and I are roughly the same age. So I'm curious how middle age may be factored. I'm trying to embrace the word because I'm like, <laughs> it's funny, like all my friends are resisting it. And I'm like, y'all, like it's literally
1: where we are. We're definitely in the middle. Yeah, yeah. we're there. Definitely. Like, I mean, I hope so. I hope I'm not past the middle.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Yeah. As a tarot reader, as someone in the business of spirituality, like your book is so spiritual without being spiritual, like without you hitting us over the head, or saying a lot of things that you think maybe make you sound deep or something. I mean, maybe it's it's the privilege of like, <laughs> I I can do <laughs> you know, maybe it's like a writer coming, you know, looking at these things like it, it changes the tone. I really appreciated that I was like, oh, wait, these are so many things I'm contemplating. These are so many things that I started to feel really disillusioned by it, or pre-pandemic as a tarot reader with all these people coming to me, and this isn't a criticism. Mm -hmm. This is something I think is more a cultural observation that all these people, whether it was clients coming to me for like really succinct answers to big, big questions and sort of, Not Mm. wanting to participate in that at all, you know, like not wanting to do any deeper inquiry, ask any questions and anything. And then feeling like my peers, my colleagues, I'm dealing with this whole group of people on social media and stuff who think everything's very
1: easy. If you just do this, Mm. It's if you Mm. just
0: look at it like this or giving these very you know, simple answers. Yeah.
1: Like straightforward didactic answers to complex questions. Yeah. I feel that in my world too. (laughs) Yeah. And a
0: little bit almost judgmental or, or sanctimonious as well, a little bit like, well, if you were, I mean, in my world, it's a little like if you were high vibe or if you're healed, Mm. you would think this, or you would come from this. And I'm like, I don't know y'all. Like I'm, I think I'm okay, you know, and yet I'm still asking this question. And there were so many moments in your book that I I always say to people, I'm a I'm a relatively pragmatic person who does a weird job. And I felt mm. like I felt such a sense of kinship with you reading this book because it felt similar of you're like, yeah. I have yeah. two feet on the ground or I endeavor to, but I've got questions and I'm looking at things and I'm trying to understand. <laughs> and I also felt, I'm taking a personal essay writing course right now and like getting to read your book felt like a masterclass in like <laughs> reading personal essays as well, which was like <laughs> such a special treat for me. And I like, it's funny, I sent it to my teacher and I was like, read this and like I get to interview her because <laughs> I have a lot of chill. You take us through your process, but when when you like, aha, it's enchantment. You know, like, I like that you talk about Mm. enchantment and you talk about disenchantment a lot, you know? Did, were you kind of at some point, it sounds like you're similar to me of you kind of like, you know, you check in with yourself, you sort of see things are up, you sort of start looking at it and kind of, I call it when I (laughs) become my psychic detective that I'm like, I'm on the case for my psyche, (laughs) you know? And it seems like you were kind of like, "Mm, I don't think it's just the pandemic. I don't think it's just this. I got to make some sort of shift or something. When did you start noticing that and what like tipped you off to it?
1: I think probably before the pandemic, I'd already understood that there was like this kind of gap there for me and that I was in a bigger process and and maybe I'd reach that that stage of it. But the pandemic of you know obviously like threw everything up in the air and I was feeling like incredibly burnt out after a few months of us all being in the house all together and not being able to work. Like I if I can't do my work, my writing work, my creative work, then my brain fogs over because that's how I process everything. And I think it was that sense for me of like, I couldn't, on one hand, I couldn't escape my instincts anymore towards those sort of spiritual questions that maybe I was not keen to answer, like not keen to investigate. I'd wanted to push them away. And also just thinking like, I don't want life to go back to being the same before the pandemic. Like I could see some benefits I mean I definitely the lack of social obligation really helped me and I you know I'm saying that in the context of like a really big picture and I know that that's not true for everyone but for me I was one of the people that was slightly relieved by the pandemic in that it lifted some obligations from my shoulders that I otherwise found you know was was fi- I was finding them really hard to to kind of go along with I wanted life to come back, but I didn't want it to be the same. And so then it's like, well, so what? What What now? Like, what do I, what am I looking for? And so that question was really far back. And at the same time, I, you know, I was obviously thinking about writing a book. (laughs) And I was thinking a lot about, like one of the first lines that came to me was, I'm so tired of hearing about the apocalypse. I'm so tired of dystopia. Yes, I would just... I wanted to write something that challenged this way that we've started to talk about the world which is that we keep saying we're in the end there's all these phrases aren't they like we're in the end times yeah. you know um we're you know this this extreme pessimism about the way the world's going
0: it's a dumpster fire like all this and it's i agree it's not just that it feels inaccurate to me but it's also Mm. just like Mm. it feels like everyone's like inner teenagers running around or something it just i i'm with you it's just not a it's not of interest it doesn't it didn't comfort me or
1: well it's just indulgent honestly mm. like how dare we sit back and enjoy everything going wrong like how like where did we get the right to do that and there are children in this world like whether or not they're your children there are there's a new generation coming up and we've got a responsibility to hand something over to them and i think about the same time i noticed that a lot of the storybooks that were marketed at my son's age were like how are you going to save the world then? And I thought, wow, that is skipping some people that have got some agency and responsibility. And, you know, like like laying on one hand, us all being really helpless and disenchanted and dystopian and kind of enjoying that almost, enjoying the darkness and seeing that as punitive of something, of, of other people, but not us. And then also this discourse of like, oh, hey kids, you've got to save the planet now, and I, I just was, I, it made me really angry actually. And I, I wanted to like, I wanted to write an optimistic book. I wanted to write something that threw something out there that was soothing and healing, but also like a call to action. And I, I suppose that's where it came from. Like, if if we're disenCHANTed, then what would it mean to be enchanted? We like we can't use the dis word before we understand enchanted. And so I think it, it came like way back there when I was trying to solve that problem. (laughs)
0: That's really, that's really interesting because I just felt a lot of parallels with my experiences as a tarot reader where, yeah, there is this people being really unhappy or dissatisfied Mm. But it's difficult to figure out, you know, and and it's interesting. A lot of people started, you know, before the pandemic started coming for readings and, getting a bit shitty if there wasn't like a third magical option. <laughs> I had one woman say to right. me, like, all you're giving me is red flags and I need green flags. And I was like, <laughs> that's, mm. yeah, like, that's not the agreement, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. And I thought "Yeah," I-, I was feeling this frustration when that people didn't seem to think That they had any agency or they had any responsibility. Mm. And I love when you're talking about learning how to swim. And it's funny, I because I've been taking this, these classes on personal essay writing, like your whole book is like masterful from a form perspective. And I'm like, it's so nice to get to enjoy it, not just as a reader, but to also see what you're doing. And it's funny, my work is being worked up this week in our group. And I was like, oh, I know that I'm heavily influenced by Catherine's book right now, and I'm going to allow it, you know. Like sometimes when you're learning something Thank new, it. you do it. it, you know. But you yeah. sort of introduce us to to this idea that you're a swimmer and you're, you know, swimming. Then you you start taking lessons. You start learning how to swim, and I love that you yeah. say relearning. Yeah, yeah relearning properly. And you say, yeah. if I want to swim better, I need to know nothing, be nothing for a while. I need to put myself into somebody else's hands and allow them to reform me. I need to let go of the part of me that thinks I'm doing it right. The part of me that wants everyone else to believe I'm perfect. I'm not learning so much as unlearning. And at that point. Mm. I was already a fan of yours but I was like ready to like rip my top off, you know, like and swing oh, right.
1: yeah, and get in the pool, <laughs> you know. And I love that response. <laughs> Undressing, Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah. Nothing, you know, like nothing I think can can con- convey joy as much as nudity, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> you really articulated like for for me like my lesson in the pandemic was like I needed more joy, and so I went on the joy hunt, and I had to relinquish a lot of control, and I had to allow a lot of humility, and I thought that you were really speaking to that and how much I think as a society people have become unwilling to do that, mm. you know, and I'm afraid of it a little yes. bit. Like
1: I I think that if we're, if we're busy modeling to the world that we are dystopian and cynical, then expressing joy becomes really problematic, because it means that you're not taking it seriously enough. And I, you know, I've seen people throw criticism at each other online for doing just that, for like, well, how can you be jet skiing actually i hate jet skiing <laughs> god i live in a seaside town and jet skiing is like the most annoying thing in my world so let's not talk about it, it just it does look fun i accept it looks fun but my god it's noisy i can't believe the um, brits but, have got ha-
0: to it that feels very not british for the brits to, that that's what they go to like ibiza for
1: <laughs> it, yes it's not british it should be banned <laughs> um, i'm not sure they're always sober either because you do see them like beaching up by the pub too and <laughs> oh. um <laughs> But that's by the by. But, you know, like, how can you be doing this joyous thing when the world is burning? And I've got a problem with that. And it's very hard to articulate that in the face of that criticism. Like, everybody's got to be really unhappy all the time because there are bad things happening. And yes, there are absolutely bad things happening. And our job is to create a life that sustains us through those bad things and keeps us buoyant but also that shows the way to the other side. You know, like if, they, if we're gonna be fighting Putin, you know, kind of invading Ukraine, then how do we show people that this way of life is better? And one of those things is joy. And I, I've realized lately that we're, that so often when we're trying to convince people of our righteousness on any topic, we show them our anger and actually i want to see people's joy to believe they're right like how does your belief system make you happy how does your belief system make your life feel good rather than just telling people off all the time and i i think i was yeah i'm very strongly motivated by that like i i want to show a good life i want to i want to learn what that is for myself and how that feels so that i can pass on that feeling
0: yeah i think in the u.s it gets a little bit twisted where people want the permission to be joyous or enchanted or these things as escapism that they don't want to see that it's a different the way i took it from your book as well we're doing this as a way i think to stay intact you know like if i'm going to show up and be a good person if i'm going to be a good community member mm. if i'm gonna be a good daughter whatever i have to be connected mm. to my joy i have to be doing these things have to be whole yeah i have to be whole if yeah. i just buy into the cyn- cynical stuff if i just buy into the apocalypse and stuff i become a real mm. goblin you know and i <laughs> yeah, i'm like what yeah. is the point you know like i'm just gonna worry about me that's what everybody else is doing blah blah blah. And I mean, sure, I have moments of that. Sure, sometimes it's justified. But like, it doesn't feel that good to me. And I'm similar to you that when someone is really trying to convince me of something or really saying, look at this belief or look at, you know if you're miserable it's not very convincing to me i'm like glad that works for you or that's been your choice no thank you you know like it's (laughs) it's like
1: "Mm." uh, yeah i mean so many people's entire political perspective seems to be about being angry with other groups Mm. like these people are awful (laughs) and that's what we're going to get together and talk about how awful these people are like you know Immigrants, or you yeah. know, that big bad word that is conjured up quite often, or oh well, I mean, of course, there's the whole kind of panic about you know gay and trend, uh, transgender uh, yes. people at the moment. You know, the
0: drag queens are known for all their violence. You know, oh, <laughs> it's insane yeah, right like now.
1: Drag queen story time yeah. is the worst thing in the world, apparently. But why would I like bend towards that way of life that is constructed like people are, are congregating around? being angry with a minority group, it makes no sense. Like, show me how that way of life is happy and wonderful and life-giving, and I'll consider it. But I'm not seeing any of that from that people. They're just furious with people that don't look like
0: that. Yeah, and I also find it really boring, besides the fact that, you know, <laughs> it's really you know yeah. that it's terrible. Yeah, I'm also like, yeah, 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 the, the, the gays are bad. What else? Like, in what, you know, like...
1: Where's the depth? Yeah, where's the delicacy?
0: depth? Something that I thought was interesting you talked about was like deep engagement with the world around you. And yeah. do you? I was like that. That excites me. Deep engagement, you know, and <laughs> and I. It's funny. I was like <laughs> reading this book by um, a Buddhist monk about like think uh, thinking and how much we're all overthinking. And um, it was, uh, it's, I think that I'm like looking because I have it nearby, but it's like the art of not thinking or something like that. And it was talking about how much, you know, we, we like kind of swaddle ourselves from the world. And I think you were talking about this as well of like, there's never been more information. There's never been more also like isolation. We're not integrating, Mm -hmm. not having a chance to integrate anything. And I also think like we're now so comfortable that you can, if I wanted to, I could have all my needs met and not interact with one person. Is that good for me? I don't know that it is. And when the pandemic, you know, we all had to to slow down or most of us did. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. when you slow down, you start noticing things. And I think that it helped me, recalibrate my own engagement with the world of like... Mm. Being more aware of when I needed to peace out and escape, you know, and for me, that was yeah, a lot of edibles yeah. and when I needed to stay present and engage, you know, and for you, is it now sort of like you've added it into your like recipe of what makes your best you or do you regard it a bit like meditation of like it's a practice that you your this engagement mm. with the world is like. Yeah, where do you yeah. fall on that in your, like, day-to-day?
1: Mm. I fall in a very complicated place <laughs> on it because, actually, I, I, I do deeply, deeply believe that one of our most profound problems at the moment is our individualism mm-hmm. and our lack of connection to other people and I don't mean surface connection, I mean like genuine connection and genuinely feeling like our lives are intertwined and that our survival is intertwined. Like I, that is the thing that we desperately need to re-engage with and that we've gotten very, very far away from. However, I am by nature an absolute introvert. I'm very reclusive and I, above all other things, I need time alone. And that, I've been working on that for a long time since I got my autism diagnosis about um I do uh, six years ago now and realized that I'd been like performing the life of an extrovert because I thought it was the the right thing to do and to be and to put out there and breaking myself over and over again like complete getting completely exhausted so I'd endlessly have you know, suddenly six months off work every three years because I'd just be utterly, utterly flattened. Yeah. And so I've been I've been practicing alone time a lot over the last few years and, and truly felt the benefits of it. <laughs> but it, it like it is something that never ceases as an issue because the world is always trying to call you back in. And I know that's not healthy for me to, to be in, in that way. Yeah. And so and, and it means that I'm constantly having to like reassert that to other people, but also to myself and to really, truly refresh that belief and that faith that this is the right thing to do, because it often feels like saying no to great opportunities, for example, or being left out like that's how it can feel on the surface. And so I practice solitude <laughs> very, very carefully and reaffirm it and restate it and also in my work try and externalise the decision making behind that as much as I can. It's really, really hard but genuinely for my neurotype I can feel my connection to other people so much better when I get plenty of space around myself. When, when I'm crowded, like the noise crowds out that connection so I need that space to feel that connection and I need to find ways to be with my community in a way that doesn't harm me, you know, and so I can, I can still contribute to my community, whether that's, a, you know, my local physical one or my online one, but I, and I, but I need to be well to do that and I need to have clarity and I need to not be completely panicked by the, you know, the level of, of exposure. and so. That's a that's a practice that I have to work through very very carefully, and I I kind of hope that there's more there's loads of people like me trying to do that in public, um, and I hope that we're beginning to have a bit more of an understanding of, of that as part of the balance of of humanity rather than everybody just being noisy all the time. It's really ch- it's tricky though. Yeah,
0: and I think people are also a lot. I was venting to my therapist about a friend, as you do. And it's not gossip if it's your therapist, you know. And <laughs> I was just like, I don't get this thing, you know. And she was like, well, like she might be someone that can only meet you where they are, you know, and can only relate from where they are. And something I've felt an increase, you know, increasing like, tension with in my life is the people who I think contract out of fear, you know, and, and just become a little more controlling mm. or a little more limited. Or, mm. you know, it's like, if you can't meet me here, mm. then like, nothing or whatever.
1: Yeah. So you me yeah. yeah.
0: And yeah. I really loved what in your book, how much I felt like, y- you know, you're not beating us over the head with like, curiosity or, or inquiry, like, you're not but but that's what you're offering you're like when you are scared or you or you don't have information or whatever like there's this whole other different way you can wade into that and navigate yeah. it. That isn't just like kind of negative, you know, or yeah. most of us, yeah. I think when mm-hmm. we're being that way, if we're being controlling or we're being that, like, we don't want to be like, we're just trying to be safe. You mm-hmm. know, I like that you say at the mm-hmm. end, like mm-hmm. we're not offered, you know, definite conclusions, only the continuing quest and stuff. Cause, and I love that you're <laughs> like, Oh no, 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 there will be no tidy <laughs> answers from me, which I like really appreciate yeah. But I love though that you're just showing like there's this different way you can do self exploration. There's this different way you can look at things. And I was curious because I know you were um diagnosed as autistic later in life, but
1: I did you're what yeah. are you elderly? No, 39. as an adult, you know. You yeah. Know, and yeah, so well into adulthood yeah
0: yeah which is super common for women once a year I tell my therapist mm. I think I'm autistic and she's like and what <laughs> did you see this time that has struck this you know <laughs> and um when you were talking about that just now it made me think you had to be doing major masking like there had to be so much mm. masking going on because Massive, yeah. I think women yeah. also you know are expected to be more social we're expected to sort of be able to have these skills and navigate these things Mm. and to just sort of suck it up and I'm from the south originally and my mom will do this a lot and she'll be like well men and I'll be like or men are allowed to be antisocial, and it's expected of women that they won't. Be, and she's yeah, like,
1: "They have permission." Yeah, ex- for, yeah, and she's
0: like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, yeah, "Yes, that's that's I will continue radicalizing you, mother." But um, <laughs> it must have been the life work. Yes, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it must have been such a process for you figuring out what was masking, what was you, and what mm. did you. Need now, like as a person, that it really felt like, you know. Lots of times when you read essays, I think you can you can be a little like, oh this is all very convenient, or this is very tidy. And I (laughs) thought, like, what was so interesting about your book is that it feels so soothing because it's like you're modeling something. And showing us, like, it's okay to not have the answer. Like, it's okay to f- sort of follow these breadcrumbs and go, oh, this feels good. And to keep following. Yeah,
1: and just keep. Yeah. And to, to like, exist with the mystery, yes. I think. The mystery itself is pleasurable. And the answers are dull. Yes. And, and they, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. once the language solidifies around something, you kill it. Yes. And once you look too hard at something, you kill it. And I I don't think we have the common language for that process at the moment, which has actually been really common across our humanity, that that you can engage with a sense of otherness or a sense of unknown of the unknown without knowing it without ever coming to know it and that the life's process is is that engagement rather than finding the answer putting it in a box and carrying on with your life because you've solved that thing like to me that's totally uninteresting and everything that sells books and podcasts and you know i don't know like yeah courses in in our world are things that offer the answers i mean Mm -hmm you know, my books do okay, but I, if I'd have written a diet book, that told you how to eat, I would have sold 10 times the number of copies in a heartbeat, regardless of my expertise, because those are the books we like. And if I said, if I made a book that was like 12 ways to be enchanted, 12 steps Mm -hmm. to being enchanted, and the final step is not just like you've been enchanted, but guys, (laughs) by the way, I'm like the most enchanted person out there. You want to be like me. I you know this this book would be absolutely on everybody's shelf right now and that's our problem like we have got to stop buying into people who offer us that ultimate authority because we know a million times over we know that those people always turn out to be absolutely faking it every time like they are those people are exposed over and over again and still rather than going oh maybe that model of learning is completely wrong we go how do we attach to the next person like who's the person that is that does know the answers like nobody does and it's our job to stop looking for that it's our job to start re-engaging with with the quest and with with actually like the subjectivity of that that quest as well because my quest is not your quest yeah and also like to stop talking about diversity whilst also trying to squash diversity <laughs> because the thing about diversity is that if we're truly practicing it everyone comes out different as well as going in different <laughs> And that means that we can all have different notions of like what God is or what a spiritual life is or what meaning is. Like that should be the intended outcome of this. It shouldn't be that we all come out with the same answer.
0: Well, first of all, Catherine's being humble, which I think is a facet of her book because she is a New York Times bestseller. (laughs) So while she is absolutely correct that if she had given us like (laughs) 10 steps to your ultimate enchantment or it was the Enchanted Diet, it would be number one. Oh, my
1: God. The Enchanted Diet. Can you imagine how many copies I could sell of that? Uh, Come on. Oh, my God.
0: You know what? If you also had a corresponding (laughs) YouTube channel, like, I mean... Set also, I had
1: to get a lot thinner myself. First
0: of all. I mean, <laughs> like, I not, not
1: necessarily.
0: You would be surprised. some
1: good before and after photos. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, it's just sort of fascinating to me. A friend of mine who is a marketing whiz, I asked her about that. And I was like, I don't under, (laughs) this is me being vulnerable, but I was like, I don't get it sometimes like why I'm, I'm not more successful. I said, people really like me. They like my stuff. Like, I don't get it. And she was like, it's because you don't sell a fantasy when people love to buy a fantasy. And I was like, oh, and that actually was super like freeing for me from a, like, I had already started regarding myself as an artist, regardless of what I was doing, that I just felt like if when I create from that place, it's just better and I feel better and I don't care what happens with it as much because I'm just like... I know that was supposed to come forth from me you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. If I think about yeah. people, if I think about capitalism, if I think about what do the people want, it is always a disappointment. It is like, I mean, yeah. without fail, or I'm even more confused. I'm like, I thought I gave you what you wanted and you still didn't buy it. You know, like it just doesn't, <laughs> but I loved what you talked about yeah. in terms of like, religion and I feel like, you know, religion and questions and things like that and wanting to be in conversation with God, however you, you know, define that. When you said crave being part of a congregation, a group of people with whom I can gather to reflect and contemplate to hear the ways that others have solved this puzzling problem of existence. I was like, (laughs) Mwah, like, mm-hmm. yes, uh, <laughs> I loved what you talked about in terms of that, of a spiritual practice that blankets us in the analgesic, I think I said that right, I'm not sure, of self-acceptance is just a bandage for our own narcissism. Now I'm like, Catherine, Catherine, you know, <laughs> congregations, ones that are allowed to express diversity of thought, hold us to account. I was like... Thank you. You know, I used to go to mm-hmm. um, moon circles. And when you were talking about your experience with the the stones and seeing the the woman like at the edge oh, of yeah, I was it know. really made me think of of moon circles and things because I was going because I thought it was cool. I wanted to see what a moon circle was about. And, and it sounds great. Yeah. And it, it, it felt very <laughs> enchanted to me. But I also was like, these are people I can talk about these things with. That I can talk about, like, you know, mm-hmm. are you cultivating attention? Are you doing this or whatever? You know, like, what do these things mean to you? And yet so yeah. often it was just narcissistic. You know, they just wanted the the right, dude or right. they wanted their album to, you know, like, which I get. I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. but I do think it's essentially why I started this podcast in the sense of, like, I just want to have these conversations with people and I want to be held accountable yeah. for doing my own inquiry
1: and doing my own questioning and, yeah. and deciding. I want, to make, I want my mind to be changed. Yeah. Like I, I want the right to not be right about everything. And I want to be changed by every encounter I have with someone. I, like, otherwise, why am I doing it? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I agree. Yeah,
0: I always say to people like I think a sign of real intelligence or real confidence in your intelligence is being open to different beliefs or being open to being mm-hmm. changed or just dis- or wrong or you know those sort of things. That mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm secure enough. I can hear what you had to say, or I'm secure enough. I can you know, especially in the mm. U.S. like. It's become so divisive because of our politics and things that people are like, no, I yeah. won't even listen and and things like yeah. that. And I'm like, yeah. I, I trust myself, even if someone's like spewing hate or something, which I'm not, you know, like, I'm not super in the business of saying yes, yes, do, you know, but... <laughs> if we want to change it or we want to offer mm. something else, like you have to hear what they're saying. Like you have to, yeah. to me, the thing is, it's yeah. like, if I don't want people to vote for Trump again, or I don't want those things to happen, like mm. I have to hear what was appealing about it. I don't see the appeal at all. So I want to learn
1: from someone. I need to understand it. Yeah. And I I need to make a good account of why I don't agree as well. Yeah. Like that's part of my responsibility and i think increasingly i think that i also have to not be part of ostracizing people whose views i don't agree with because i think that just drives them into those extremes like it it now if i find you know like the old lady down my street seems really racist to me it's my job when i'm talking to her to say oh i don't see it that way and to carry on talking to her the next day mm-hmm. rather than saying oh, okay, fine, walking away and then blanking her for the rest of her life. Like, one of those things definitely doesn't work and we know that, and it's the latter because ostracism would just make somebody react and it just, it's an ineffective tool that we're using too often.
0: Yeah, and I find, especially in regards to Trump, like, a lot of people I know were like, oh my God, if someone in my family voted for Trump, I'd die or I would never speak to them again. And I'm just like... (laughs) how do you, yeah that's an extreme reaction yeah, and and I'm like <laughs> if they were saying oh I would die if any of my family voted for Biden I would never speak to them again like yeah. you would say they were being goblins you know yet when you do it it's okay mm-hmm. and I'm like I think we can all get a little bit convenient you know and like when I do it it's okay yeah. when you it's, do it it's, it's evil so
1: easy to yeah 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 absolutely and it's like engaging with people and disagreeing and having different, holding different views is really challenging. Like that's the much harder thing to do, but if we don't start doing it, then we're just going to divide even more. And that is not good. Like it doesn't matter how much we demonize the other, the other set of beliefs or, you know, agree that we're right and that they're absolutely wrong we have to agree that us dividing along these partisan lines over and over again is breaking all of us. And it's fracturing people's sense of family, it's fracturing friendship groups, it's fracturing physical communities, it's fracturing online communities, and it's harming us. It's really, really harming us. And that's why, you know, we're talking about the idea of congregations, because I think I'm really interested in how they can hold very diverse and divergent groups of people, and can let them find ways to be different in a in a bigger bag yeah you know in, a, in like with a loose elastic band around them and of course we're we're, le- we're leaving our congregations and so we're leaving those situations that put us in like more random contact with people that are different to us and that are unlike us and that means that on both sides we're not modifying our behavior and we're not hearing and responding and in that very very healthy cycle of doing that and I yeah it's there's a change coming through isn't there I think there's a lot of people that are feeling because I certainly have been the person for the last decade that's been like right I'm on this side you know (laughs) like I'm team snowflake and those other people are horrible and I'm not gonna see it. I'm not gonna come across something like that's awful. Like I've gotta stop doing that. Yeah. And that's my that's my challenge. It's like and it is it's almost a spiritual challenge, honestly. Yeah. Because it's it's like a it's like a pilgrimage. It's like it's a hard long journey to find a way to be in coexistence with that other group of people whose views seem so alien to me and so painful, like honestly painful to hear. Yes. And I I've got to. i got to hear it. And I've got to find a way into relation with those people.
0: It's very true. Because sometimes when I'll be hearing something or catch a news segment, you know, I want to disassociate. Like, I can feel the yeah. anger. I, feel I can yeah. feel. Yeah. And I'm just like, it'll, like, scramble my brain. And I'm like, no. Like, I have a friend of mine who watches Fox News all the time. And when she first told me, she's like, mm. well, I want to see what they're listening to. I want to know, you know, what is the other side? And I was like, oh, that's interesting. We were at a party and she was arguing with someone and she was on fire because, and I was like, because you have been (laughs) studying,
1: like, and she she understood
0: and was like, I understand that. However, you know, and I was like, Woo! It was like really good for me to be like, <laughs> "Oh, I won't be indoctrinated or poisoned." You know, like I can, I have a um, probably have a larger capacity than I realize to hold this. You know, and I thought that that was something else. Your book spoke to a lot. Was, you know, something I've like known for a while and think about a lot is that we do a lot of dumb stuff when we're uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And yeah. if we can
0: figure out how to be with discomfort and also just find kind of different, you know, ways out, you know, it generally will enrich our life. And I think a lot of people, yeah, for sure. you know, mask yeah. their discomfort or it's so threatening, they immediately do something else. They immediately take some action.
1: Yeah. Well, we can bounce. We've got this this thing here that comes into our hand as soon as we feel discomfort. And yeah. I've I've given myself an RSI from lifting up my phone too much. So I, I that's real. That's a real issue
0: for me. Wow, that's
1: <laughs> sitting here with my little wrist support on. It's funny. <laughs> I was
0: trying to figure out if you were being like very cool and had your, you were doing a thumb through a shirt, oh, and then I was like, no, it's yeah. only on one. It's nice.
1: It looks like a little lace glove, d- actually. I'm quite, I'm quite fond of yeah. it. But no, it is because I've given myself an RSI. From my
0: <laughs> I just thought, though, that your, your <laughs> book, again, modeled this like, oh, do you not know how to be with discomfort? Like, there's this whole other gentle, mm. you know, mm. way that you could navigate it. There's these other things, whether yeah. it's, you know, enchantment or it's just wonder or if it's maybe deepening your ability to d- for attention and all these different things. It's funny to me, like, often when I read tarot at parties, I'll say to people, so, you know, what would you like some clarity around in your life? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, it's your life. You're living it. You're the expert in it. You're going <laughs> yeah. to have to give yeah. me somewhere. Yeah. And I thought, like, we've become so detached from our attention. You know, like... Some of my Mm -hmm. friends who meditate, like, I don't know what the fuck they're doing when they're meditating. Like, I really am curious, you know? (laughs) I I mean, myself included sometimes. And I thought that, like, you give this really beautiful process of, like... If you will sit with it, if you will stay with it, like you, you can get something out of it and it may not be an answer and it may not be a clear path, but it's like, you can still really enjoy it. And you can cope with these feelings in a different way, you know, without like beating us over the head of like 10 steps to your least (laughs) uncomfortable self, you know, like
1: (laughs) you're like, you can go for a walk, you know, like, (laughs) yeah. You can be with those. I mean, that's what wintering was about, really, my previous book. It it was about saying, like, you can't be happy all the time. And in fact, that's just a really boring goal to have. Like, your aim shouldn't be to be happy all the time. It should be to feel the full spectrum of human emotions. And you can trust yourself to feel those if you make space for them. And if you allow yourself to sit with them or walk with them, or cook through them you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you know it's interesting to talk to a tarot reader because I think that's one of the things that tarot does right it it always draws out complexity in meaning making rather than simplicity that's why it's such a a fascinating form that I'm just beginning to understand like a tiny bit but there's there's darkness and complexity within every light bit of it and nothing is a straightforward prediction or insight it's it's all about the meaning making of the individual and the conversation between you and that person.
0: I was curious if you did know anything about tarot, because you're kind I of really talking thought. about it without talking about it. <laughs> like in this weird way, like yeah. I always say to people, I used to teach tarot a lot, like, you know, with any reading, like you'll think it's about this, but really it's about this. And it, it's, it's mm-hmm. allowing yourself to get to the underneath into like... Really deepen your inquiry. As we start to wrap up, I was also curious if you knew that there's a tarot card, you know, that is the hierophant.
1: I did, yeah, the hierophant, yeah, yeah. And there's really, I mean, I didn't write about it, but there's such an interesting new movement towards how you portray the hierophant now. Like it's changed, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I do know a little about it. (laughs) Yeah, and I
0: and I loved even for myself, like something I really do love about tarot is it's been used since the 1400s and often the cards were like illustrating day-to-day life you know it was how do you speak to mm-hmm. people's day-to-day lives and issues and problems And I love, like, since the 1400s to now, we're still trying to figure out, you know, how do you talk to God? What does that mean? What does that look like? What is spiritual authority? Which in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways makes me feel confident. Like, we still haven't cracked it. No one has really effectively answered that question, you know? And it really is, you know, it's personal. It really is how you define it. And I'm so grateful for you, both writing, I mean, It's funny because I think when Wintering came out, I still couldn't read yet from coming out of... I, I was glad mm. you talked a lot about how you couldn't read during the pandemic because I couldn't either. Couldn't read, yeah. And when all my friends were obsessed with wintering, I was like, oh, I'll add it to my list of like when I can read again. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. still not able. And and I was like so heartbroken because at first when the pandemic, I was like, I'm finally going to read all those books. And then nope, I could mm. barely make it through an article. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> and it was so funny to me when I got the inquiry about, you know, Enchantment, I was like, Oh my gosh. I, I was like, she were wintering. I knew, you know, like Mide was was thrilled. And I'm so grateful that you were able to join me today. And, you know, for the work you're putting out there that I love that... I mean, I tend to default to being a little bit more of a clown, but I love that you're talking about all these complex things and stuff with, like, a little bit of a twinkle in your eye. But, like, it's this, I think, really beautiful sincerity and earnestness that feels really palatable that I don't know many people are able to to strike that balance. And so I hope everybody will read the book so that they can, like, start figuring out how to, like, (laughs) do some of their own inquiry. And, like, imagine if there's, like an enchantment revolution and people are like i'm gonna tell you what i found wondrous today like it would just be the shift we need that's
1: i mean that is what's lovely about being me at the moment like when i go into instagram there's like five people who've posted like katherine i've been to this place and look how magical it is and it's yeah it's beautiful i mean imagine if we could do that it's i mean it's really kind of you to say that i you know like address that that without self-consciousness because i I do feel very self conscious about it actually and I like my, my writing process is often to like strip away the layers of cynicism and try and say something more direct and true without that, that self-consciousness getting in the way of it. But I I really do think that if we could all manage to unself consciously say, I love this thing, or I find this thing fascinating, or I could just spend hours here being with this place and share, like, share that sense of wonder, there's nothing wrong with that at all. There's just nothing wrong with it. There's a real sense of contact that comes from the sort of open-hearted sharing of, of love, of beauty, of like all those things that we're a bit like, ooh, yeah, but shouldn't we be a bit more cynical? Like, let's not. That's
0: just not, let's not do it. Yeah. It's like when you really think about when you feel your best or like what really stuck with you or what really enriched your life. I'm pretty sure you're not going to be like cynicism, you know, <laughs> like when yeah. you really think of, I wish I'd been more cynical yeah. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had hated yeah. more things, you know, oh, like girl. it's so true. Like I love the story about like the well or the, the well spring. Yeah. The, the, the well. well yeah. 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 And I immediately got on your Instagram where I was like, I bet she's posted a photo of it. Like, I got to see this, you know, <laughs> even though your writing was like very descriptive, I did feel like I could see it, But I was like, no, I got to, you know, like, because I did think that story to me, it does wrap up I think what you're trying to do of like you literally are trying to share Mm. and just be like okay like here's this adventure I went on this place is amazing yeah this place is amazing and I like didn't (laughs) know and like what I thought I went in with it was not what I came out with you know so you've been so gracious with your time and before we go I just wanted um where can people find you and is there anything you wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to
1: to touch on Oh my goodness! I can never. I always forget that. I get. I tell you what. I'm being told off recently by my podcast producer because I go on other people's podcasts <laughs> and they're like, "Where can we find you?" I was like, "Oh, Instagram." <laughs>
0: That's funny. You do have a lovely podcast, which I did. It's funny. Podcast I didn't.
1: How we live now? Yeah. I didn't listen to
0: you on other pods because I didn't want to be influenced. I just wanted to hear yours, and you
1: do have a lovely podcast. So people. <laughs> so I always forget to tell people to find me there. And I have a Substack. stack on May.substack.com. So they're probably two good places to find me. I it.
0: didn't know you had a Substack stack as well. I got to subscribe <laughs> yeah, <I knew>. immediately. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to read what you, what, you know, gets dropped into your brain next. I like that you said that when you were talking about it's, intuition, you know. <laughs> thank you. It's
1: been lovely to talk to you.
0: Likewise. That's all for today. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I just love what Catherine has to say. I think she is such a talented. I was going to say she's such a talented educator because I do think, obviously, she's a super talented writer, but I think that she really beautifully models things, which makes her a really powerful teacher. So I hope you enjoyed all the wisdom she shared today and the fact that she does it with, you know, good humor and just like, I don't know, she's just a, a real vital spirit that I really loved getting to connect with. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you next week. Bye. That's all for today. If you're interested in submitting a topic, please go to anatonk.com and hit the contact button or you can email me at annatonk at gmail.com. If you're a fan of the podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. It really does help.